It's time for another retro throwback sidetrack bonus episode of The Hive Jive. This bonus episode, titled The Power of Poo, <laughs> originally aired on Patreon on July 2nd, 2020. Pinch your nose and enjoy. Hey, all you Hive Jive junkies out there, it's that time again. Join our hosts, John Swan and Ken Milam for another bonus edition of The Hive Jive. Well, Mr. Ken, tell me, how uh, how did your first three sessions go? Did you use them all up already for your impulse control? Well, yeah, I, I, uh, about two more. <laughs> Well, I mean, in some regards, I guess that's good because, you know, having more therapy sessions is probably better than not. Well, just um, next time, don't get such a good-looking teacher, damn it. I had to make sure you stayed awake. Okay, she and she kept me awake. That's all I say. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> uh, well, so uh, what what subject matter would you like to beat to death today? <laughs> Uh, what are we going to talk about? You know, we got. We, I'm getting so dang these little swarms, and I'm wondering about splitting some of the. I know you already talked. We already talked about killing the queen, some of the queens, and you know, let them raise long enough to see what kind of brood pattern they do, and then the ones that don't have a great brood pattern, pull that queen out, kill her, mix that one, mix them together, and I think I got a mite problem up in the hill country because. Uh, you remember the trailer hive? It's uh-huh. it's getting weak. Uh, I got to get in there now. I bet you I don't have enough to do a a uh, alcohol mite. I know there's not enough. I think I'd hurt them too much. I'm probably going to move some of those uh, little swarms in with one and in, in there with it. And well, mm. before you do anything, you need to figure out what the problem is because. If it truly is a mite problem and you dump a bunch of more bees in there, all you're doing is basically condemning them to their death. So you got to figure out what the actual problem is before you start doing stuff like that. Um, so, yes, doing mite checks, absolutely, you need to. If you don't have enough bees or you're too squeamish on the idea of doing the alcohol wash because you don't want to kill the bees, then you need to do the sugar shake and go through and get them tested and figure out kind of what's up. So that is definitely something that should be done. Um, on the other side of that, for the potential of combining bees and things like that, yes, you've been getting a lot of little swarms, and those little swarms probably aren't going to make enough comb. They don't have enough time to make enough comb to truly be able to survive winter. So you might want to combine two or three of those together, but that's going to be a task that we will discuss towards the end of summer because they don't need to be combined yet. Okay. Well, what we need to do now is just let them sit in their own little home and watch the queen, see how good she's going to be. And I need to shut up because I'm already talking too much. No, 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 you're good. Uh, That's absolutely true because you can use this time to see how much more are they going to grow. And say you've got three of them that you're looking at that are potentially all three going to get combined into one. So you use the next month to two months to go through and watch them. 
you're going to be feeding them anyway here, you know, in a, in a few weeks, um, about the middle of July, you're going to be feeding them and you'll feed them potentially all the way through August. So see if they do draw out any more comb, see which bees have the best laying pattern, which bees grow the fastest, um, and also which ones are the most docile and have the least defensive behaviors. And when you go through and do that, then you'll know when it comes time to combine those together, which queen you want to keep. So that is a great thing to be doing at this point in time is to go through and kind of just be taking your notes and monitoring your queens and see what happens. Okay. Well, I know um, Max has got one hive, and it came in as a pretty good bunch of bees. It, it was a pretty good swarm. And those bees are the most docile. They're docile. They're, I don't know what they are. I mean, they, 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 they come out and crawl on your shoulder and ride around with you. <laughs> they ain't wanting to eat you they just look up at you hey brother how are you and then you just do what you want to and shut them back down they're happy but it is a swarm which it's small and i'll shut up because you had something else you want to talk about well i was going to to go off on a different um subject it's still in line with these same things but as a uh and i really should have said this on the main segment so that everybody could have heard it but um, you need to stop opening hives and peeking inside them just for shits and giggles without any protection on. What Max tell you I did that? You tell on yourself almost once a week at least on the phone. Um, <laughs> but you need to stop that because, so for instance, if you're not smoking them and you don't have any protection, you're going to get hurt. And it's going to be in your face and it's not going to be pleasant because it will be your eyes, your nose, your ears, your mouth. And it only takes, even if they do seem like they're docile, especially when they're small, they're not necessarily going to react. But they may have one day that's a bad day and you're going to pop that open and they're all going to come straight for your face because you didn't smoke them and you're not wearing protection. So at the very least... Get yourself a veil that's one of those helmet and veils that just covers your head so that when you do decide you're going to have a dumb moment, you can at least put on the veil and open it and peek real quick and then close it back up because it only takes one time. And those are some of the times where beekeepers build bad habits is when the colony is small and weak and more forgiving, quote unquote, of the stupid things we do. And then when they get bigger, we still have those bad habits, and all of a sudden they turn on us, and then we blame the bees. But it's not the bees' fault. It's our fault. That's so, like you – last last week you were talking about uh, going into that one hive with your veil and helmet and your Speedos. <laughs> no, I was not wearing – I had on more than just underwear – um, but regardless of that, I had a veil on and I had a smoker and the smoker was lit and I very gently smoked the hive on the, the entrance and inside the front. And I very gently smoked it underneath the lid and the inner cover. And then I very gently opened it up and I stood back and I let them calm down. And then I very gently went through everything with a veil and a smoker. So I don't care if there's not anything else on have a veil and use your smoker. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Nice try, man. Try to turn that back around on me. I had a veil and smoker. <laughs> I just didn't have a suit. I got a smoker. <laughs> I got three of them. 
but yeah, they were in them. the garage. <laughs> exactly. You need to use them. Um, because, you know, even if you, even if you didn't use the smoker and you're just like, oh, I'm just going to peek, you need to have a veil on. You don't ever know, especially down here with us. You never know when something could go bad. And if your if your brother's out there with you, and if Max is out there with you, and you pop it open, and one of you peeks inside, and they do get pissed off, all of you could potentially get stung. And so then you've put other people in jeopardy. Yeah. So just be careful. I have come up with yeah. Be careful. I know. I know. John. Yeah. But I have come up with a <laughs> new. Gotta set a good example. <laughs> we got the Hive Jive smoking pellets, bee smoking pellets. Oh lord! Uh, but the only thing is, uh, you, you can't pick them up too green. Are you talking about manure? Yep, cow manure. That's best stuff in the world, guys. If y'all need to know that, get the good dry stuff, put it in your box, and hang on to it. And, and also shredded paper. Max has got me using shredded paper because he gets so much stuff in. Uh, you just you you take that shredded paper, paper, light it, stuff it down in there, and poke it down in there good. Put you a slice of that cow manure on there. Put some more shredded paper on there. Put you a few uh, uh, barbecue pellets on top of that. Close it up and puff the hell out of it. It'll stay lit forever. Yeah. Um, I rarely use paper. If I do, it'll be just a tiny little bit to get it started because paper sends off a lot of ash and a lot of embers mm -hmm. very easily. And I don't want to start fires, especially when it's dry out. And, you know, I don't want to burn down my apiary or the neighbors or anywhere else. So, um, so I don't use paper that much, but I'll use burlap to get it started. Sometimes I will use a little bit of paper or a little bit of cardboard to get it started. And then, you know, I use other natural substances like the, um, for instance, you were talking about using the manure, uh, horse manure, cow manure, when it's completely dried out is mostly just fibrous dried grass and works amazing for smoldering. And that's one of the things that Les Crowder too, you know, he's like, Hey, that's, that's the best stuff in the world. Go out there and do that. Um, some people would rather, you know, smell like mesquite than smell like poop. Um, but it, it really does not actually have an odor to it other than smoke. So it's, uh, it's something that could be done. And in reality, depending on other livestock and what they ate, I mean, you might be able to use completely dried rabbit pellets or deer pellets or even maybe goat pellets. Again, if it, if they're on a fibrous, just greens and grass and stuff type diet, um, that could potentially work as well. But who knows? But yeah, that's uh, that is kind of funny. I'm not branding poop and sending it to people, though. Sorry. <laughs> and do not use hog manure, guys. It stinks. That's all I'll say. Well, in hogs, though, hogs, that would be different because hogs don't eat that stuff. I know. Oh, they yeah, do. there's no – well, but not really. Their main diet is not Everything. That. They're like us. They'll eat everything. Yeah. So you're you're looking at a 100% herbivore that just eats grasses and plants, and that's it. That's the type of manure that you would want to use. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah, there's that. <laughs> Where, where were we going to go with this? I'm not sure where you were going with it. I think you had some brilliant little marketing idea. You know, fool people. Oh, my God. You Okay, so this is completely off the subject, but this is absolutely hysterical, and it, it falls in line with poop. So 
why not, right? Uh, funny little story for everybody out there, and you'll get a kick out of this too. Back whenever the toilet paper shortage of 2020 was in full swing and everybody was panicking and buying all the toilet paper that they could possibly find, Kevin went through and had ordered, I think they were supposed to be wipes, right? Like a wet wipe type thing. Oh, yeah. But it was just listed as wipes. And they ended up coming from overseas, from China. Mm-hmm. It took them two months to finally arrive. Mm-hmm. And when it did, it was the most hysterical thing I had ever seen. Imagine a roll of toilet paper, half the height of a normal roll of toilet paper, with no cardboard tube in the center, and it's only like one ply, rolled up in this tight little ball, basically. That's what showed up in this box. You open up the box, and it had wrapping stuff in it, and then you open up the the paper, and it was this tiny, like, four to five inch little roll of toilet paper <laughs> so Those were the quote unquote wipes and i don't know i don't know how much he paid for it but oh my god he was pissed <laughs> well, you're going to use it as smoking put it in your smoker oh uh, i told him he needs to keep it as uh just a reminder and a funny a funny haha like a funny story um but it is and and, and it honestly like after the initial shock wore off and and the the irritation at how much he may have spent on something that came out not even anything what it should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, it is really funny. Like, you look at it and you're like, what the hell are you supposed to do with that? Like, first off, the squares are only, like, three inches by three inches. <laughs> like, it's just the most ridiculous thing ever. Um, but, I mean, there was a lot of that crap going on. and Literally. See, crap. I know that's what I was like, see? <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm going to use a bad word too, but uh, we we weren't. My mom and I were in Target the other day, and they finally had like toilet paper back in, and they they had a whole roll of like all the different brands of toilet paper, which we hadn't seen since all this started. And you know, we'd been we we'd go in and we would get a pack whenever it was available when we needed it. We weren't stocking or anything, you know, like hoarding it or anything like that. But the last one that we got in, we had ordered on. No, we we were in a store and it was the only thing they had. And it was like a ridiculous sized, huge pack of toilet paper. And that was all you could get. That was the only option, right? Mm -hmm. So we bought it, brought it home, and we still have it and we're still using it. But we were in Target the other day and I saw that they had all the toilet paper back in. And I said, and, you know, cover up little kids' ears. um, I was like, hey, uh, do we need any toilet paper or do we still have a shitload at the house? (laughs) And then I just got plenty. Yeah, I just started laughing afterwards, and I was like, "Wow, that that was pun intended, I guess. Maybe I don't know that, but you know, went went hand in hand." Um, but you know, I had the same sort of thing happen, and I would love to give out their seller handle on eBay and just bash the crap out of them, but I won't do that. But I'm still gonna bitch about it. There was. Remember when you and I were talking about we needed the sugar and we needed it to kind of finish out um, the last part of March and the first part of April and and have that sugar feed? And so you started looking and I was looking online and I found somebody out there 
who was selling 25 pound bags of sugar and it was supposed to be the the G&H brand sugar that's like in the white and pink bag and they were selling it for a drastic markup which I was not thrilled with Um, and I did report them for that as well actually but it was literally the only sugar that I could find and I ordered it three weeks went by and I hadn't gotten any shipping information nothing happened and supposedly it was supposed to ship within like two to three days. So after three weeks of it not shipping, I filed a dispute. And I brought you immediately 50 after. Yeah. And you you found a, a big bag of sugar um, up north or well, out west and uh, brought that to me. So I was good, but I was still irritated because there was like 80 bucks that was owed to me kind of thing. And I went through and I actually filed a dispute. As soon as I filed the dispute. That same day, a tracking number was magically created that said that my shipment was on the way. It still didn't actually ship for another week. And when it showed up, it was seven four-pound bags of sugar. 28 pounds. I was pissed. (laughs) I didn't want little bitty bags of sugar. I wanted one giant bag of sugar because one of those giant bags equals a five-gallon bucket of sugar feed. And I was so irritated. So I filed another dispute and, you know, again, said you could refund the rest of my money. This is not what I ordered. Item is not as described. It is missing items because I ordered a total of 50 pounds and I've only got 28 pounds. And again, immediately a tracking number was generated. A week and a half later, it was actually shipped and I got seven more four pound bags of sugar. I was livid. <laughs> I was so livid. Uh, it just you got six more pounds of sugar than you paid for. If they were supposed, I so, did. Yeah, well, you did good. It was, it was almost a month and a half later, and it was not worth the money that I paid for it. And shitty people like that out there need to be slapped because that they're just trying to take advantage of situations and stuff. So, so that was my story from. Uh, falling prey and, and being dumb enough to, you know, do something that I knew better than do, to do in the first place. Because as soon as I saw the prices, I was like, I, no, I would never. But at the same time, I had colonies that were starving because we had that random dearth yep. for three weeks in April. And, you know, I had colonies that were doing amazing and suddenly they were about to starve out and die. And I was like, crap, I need, I got to get sugar. And luckily you brought me sugar. So thankfully it all ended up working out and I, I had that 50 pound bag and was able to use it and it was great. But man, some people, <laughs> some people and some people's children. Do you need me to order? I'm thinking about probably telling him to get it. I'll get a price on 50 pound bags and let you know. And you can tell me if you want some, I'm probably going to order it. Well, I'll order it. We don't have to order it any way ahead because that's uh, he gets a good price on that. Because they buy so we much. do have to order it way ahead, or we don't have to order it way ahead. No, we won't have to. I, I, okay. I, if I let him know Tuesday, we can have it that Friday. Okay, yeah, that's good. No, I, I mean at the moment, if there's if there's sugar back in the store, you know Walmart has great prices on twenty or twenty five pound bags of sugar, so that's not the problem. It's just when it vanishes. But I mean, if you can get a fifty pound bag and the Price is a huge improvement over what you would be able to buy 50 pounds worth at somewhere like Walmart or some discount type store, then sure. 
but I don't need, yeah, I won't need any sugar until at the very least the beginning of August. Yep. Yep. Uh, and, uh, and ultra B too. When do you know we start feeding ultra B September, October. Yeah. in late September. Yeah. Okay. After the dearth. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you want them to start raising those winter bees and the healthy bees and fat winter bees. Um, you want them to be able to do that in the fall. So you could start it at the end of August um, and feed like end of August, all of September and part of October. But depending on people's areas, um, some people have a fall flow, like we have a fall flow and there's plenty of pollen, natural pollen that becomes available in uh, usually in October um, the goldenrod and the broomweed and things like that. So you could go through and you could you could do that. But other places don't have a fall flow at all. And their fall starts when fall really should or a little bit sooner. And their winter comes sooner. So, you know, some of those people may need to start feeding that pollen substitute even earlier. But, again, that's the great thing about the dry pollen powder is you put it out there and you feed it. And if they need it, they can go get it and they can utilize it. But if they don't need it, they'll ignore it and it's perfectly fine. Um, I have a pollen feeder on the roof of the hotel that I don't think has literally ever been touched. And every time I go out there, I check it and it, you know, I, I'll break up the front of it to make sure that it's still loose and powdery. Um, but yeah, they've, they have never needed it because being right there in the middle of town... They have ample sources of both native natural flowers and cultivated flowers that businesses and people are doing. Uh, and they're right there off of one of the greenways and the, the parks kind of thing with a stream. So they bring in tons of pollen and they have not ever needed any. Number day. Yeah, they may. Who knows? They may come fall, um, you know, maybe August and uh, in September they may end up needing some. But so far they have not. No, I'll have a so hundred pounds coming here for long. Yeah, well, as much as you were feeding it last year, I'm sure you'll use all of it. <laughs> well, yeah, because we got to feed all the feral bees too, so we get swarms. Oh lord. Yeah, well, what? Maybe we should go back and see what the quality of those swarms were. I think you might have one or two feral colonies out there that sent off one prime swarm, and then they just sent off a ton of little after swarms, and then little after swarms aren't necessarily worth a hooey <laughs> but gives me something to do yeah i suppose i mean it'll keep you busy mm -hmm. uh -huh. <laughs> i suppose it's something to do for sure so are you really going to go through and order some of that better comb no i'm really thinking about it oh yeah i'm going as soon as they have it uh in with the frames i'm going to get some i'm i don't think i want to get the one that they'll have to melt into the wire i've got the wire frames but not really but i do but i guess i could use the frames that i got and just hook up uh hook it up to the battery max says you just hook it up to a battery and uh it'll heat the wire up and it just melts down and get it off of it real quick so it doesn't melt all the way through he said that's the, the bad part about it it'll melt all the way through yeah, if you get it too hot and you go too fast, you could literally cut it into tiny little squares as it just cuts straight through it. Um, you got to get it just warm enough that it'll go through and 
put enough pressure on it that it goes down, you know, as it's starting to warm up, but not so much pressure that you smash the comb. You know, there's there's a lot of little nuance that can go into that. So it could be a trick. I mean, it really could. Um, David, you need to send me a send me a message, send me an email or something and let me know, because I know you've already done this whole process twice now. You did it uh, and then you got another batch and did it again. So go ahead, you know, let me know what were the pros, what were the cons, be honest about it. And we will share that with everybody on uh, probably on the main segment since how we talked about it on the main segment as well. So we'll, we'll share that out there for everybody, but yeah, definitely shoot us over some uh, pointers on the pros and cons. Did you screw any of it up? Did it all work flawlessly? Um, You know, how are the bees loving it? I do think that it, he has mentioned at one point though, that um, they did definitely take to it and, and did well with it. So that part's good, but you know, the implementation of putting it into the frames and all that, I'm still kind of curious about that too. One thing Max had a good idea on, you know, we're getting all these swarms. He says, dad, we need to get some foundation and put in there and feed the hell out of these swarms right now, because this is when they make comb, make wax so we could really generate them to making a bunch of foundation. Yep, you could get them to draw out a bunch of comb. Um, but again, it depends on the size of the swarm. If they're a tiny swarm, they're not going to be able to build out as much comb as fast as the bigger ones. So I, sh- I sent you this last week, and I need to post it out there to, to show everybody. Um, it'll probably go out on social media, on Instagram and Facebook. But there was, yeah, that top bar hive was awesome. Um, they I had an empty top bar hive, and we had a giant swarm move in, and it was big. It was literally bigger than a watermelon, bigger than a basketball, like kind of like one of the giant oblong watermelons or two basketballs put together. Big old freaking How swarm. Was it Jubilee or a rattlesnake melon? <laughs> um, lie, like lands on this colony and moves into this top bar. The colony didn't land on the colony. It is a colony. The colony lands on this top bar and moves into the hive. And within a month, you know, I went back out there and I was checking last week. And it, that hive has an observation window. So I opened it up. They had built out, what did I tell you, 26 frames, yes, 26 bars yeah. of pure comb. No foundation, no nothing. It's a top bar. Some of the bars did have, because what I had done is it it had old nasty comb in it, and I had cut all of the comb out and left just that little half-inch strip of wax across the bottom of each bar so that they had a guide, kind of. But they literally built out comb on every bar for 26 bars all the way out. Brand new, beautiful white wax. Um, It was amazing. But again, it was a very large swarm. So there was a lot of bees that were able to go through and work, and it was the right time of year where there was plenty of nectar available, and they just, man, they utilized it and made use out of it. And we're going to be able to harvest honey out of that colony this year, cut comb honey at that, uh, because it's all fresh, brand-new wax. I was sitting there thinking, John looked in that window and went, ka-ching! (laughs) (laughs) Score! Um, But, you know, that's an example of a colony that had nothing and within a month has multiple bars of capped comb honey, multiple bars of brood and multiple just solid bars of comb everywhere. 
Um, and, and we will be able to do a harvest without actually hurting that colony. So that's like the, the premium optimum of how things can go. And if, if you got a prime swarm and you put it into a box, even without feeding him, if it was the peak of the nectar flow, that's what they would do. You know, they only need that one frame of comb to kind of get them started and draw them in, but they should draw the rest of it all out. But if you're just getting these little swarms that only have 500 to 1,000 bees, it's really hard for 1,000 bees to make enough comb to really get you going, you know. Um, and they're only primed to do so for a little while. You really need that next generation to come in and, and keep that process going as well. So it can be a trick for sure. Um, you could go through and try it and, and try to start feeding them. But what you may end up finding is that you give them a quart of food and they fill up all their cells and then the queen can't lay and they don't grow at all. And they don't actually use it to draw out comb. So you just have to be careful and, and see what's going on and do your inspections. Do the inspections. top bar that I have. You know, we looked at it and it had, they were working on four bars. I haven't opened it up again. So I want to, you know, the barrel, I want to get into it here pretty quick. I got to make Max get in there because that lid's so heavy. He ha I have to lift the lid and then he can open it up and we can look, or take the lid off and then we pull all the frames out, our bars out. I want to see what they're doing because that's a pretty good hive. That was a pretty good swarm in that one. Well, you've got to move them anyway, eventually, sooner rather than later, because the the way that you've built the interior of that. i got to put them the, in a box. Yeah, the two-by-fours that are holding the bars up, the bees, if they draw the comb out big enough, it's going to go down the two-by-four and then under it, and you're going to have this kind of hammer-shaped comb that you won't be able to pull out of the, the barrel without ripping it because it's going to curve underneath the bar, the two-by-four. Um, so yeah, they'll, they'll have to be moved out. It'll work great as just a swarm trap, but you'll have to, uh, have to get that out of there. The only other thing that you could potentially do would be to cut you some sort of like paneling. I already thought of that. It's smooth. Yeah. And put that on the side of the two by four. So it goes straight down and makes a straight wall down to the, the bottom curve of the, the barrel. And then you wouldn't have to worry about it. Then you could leave them in there permanently because they may attach it to the paneling, but it's still going to be a straight shot where you can cut it and be able to pick it up. The only thing I thought about that, though, is that it makes a spot where beetles can hide. Yeah, that's true. But as long as they're hiding on the backside of that and they're not over there screwing with your comb and your bees, it doesn't matter. Yeah, true. Yep. It's kind of the same as the inner cover on a Langstroth, right? The bees chase all the, the beetles up into the inner cover, and you open up the lid, and there's tons of beetles on the top of the inner cover. But it's better they're up there than down inside your hive, and that's a good sign that your hive's keeping them away. Yep, it is. Okay. So it's just a thought, but it, right now, without doing any modifications to it, yeah, you've got to move them out of there. we got to get them out. I know. That's probably next week's job. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I got, oh, the I job's got, I got never two end. long I got two long top bars made. I got that one made out of two by, so I really want to use it. But and it may be able, you know. I have to do some thinking. I'll tell y'all more about it later, <laughs> because it's a narrow. You know, it was it was uh, it, you know, I think it's fourteen inches at the top, so it's narrow up there. 
So we'll have to look at it. Yeah. I need to get back out there so that we can go through and check some of these things and and give you some in-person guidance because it's, it's way easier when you're looking at something to go through, troubleshoot, you know, kind of come up with what's actually going on than it is to just hear about it and theorize, you know, what it may be. Mm -hmm. I sent you help, John, help letter. I know. I just gotta. I gotta get the the time freed up where I can actually make it out there. I don't complain. Hmm. <laughs> I, I, I just I buy stuff, and then ask yeah, you if right. I should buy it, and then I already got it coming. <laughs> yeah, go on shopping sprees. Yep. Oh well. I ain't got no money now, so I ain't doing that. <laughs> What's well, because you just spent it all on? Pollen substitute. Hundred dollars? <laughs> no, I got two hundred and seventy dollars worth. That come. Normally, it's two hundred dollars for a hundred pounds, and I think I spent one hundred and seventy-four. So that's the kind of sale it was. I figured I'll go through a hundred pounds. I went through. I went through fifty last year, uh, with a whole lot less bees. So yeah, I figured needed a hundred pounds. Yeah. Hey, you very well may. You do have a lot more colonies out there this year for sure. Yep. We'll find out. Oh, well. That's then right. i got to feed we'll all the feral out. bees so I get more swarms. No, you don't. <laughs> Save your money and feed your own bees and leave the feral bees alone. Well, you got to put them in open. you got to put them in uh, the feeders that the feral bees can go to, too. Not the sugar syrup, you don't. Well, now, sure, I'm glad you said that because I was sitting there. I was going to say, so ask you about five-gallon feeders. Uh, have you seen where you can take a five-gallon bucket and they got the little ring around it and you go in there and you drill holes into each one of the little compartments and it makes it a feeder? Have you seen that? Yeah. I do it in every other compartment, not in, not in every one. I do it in every other one. Uh, but, yeah, I use that out at the farm sometimes. But... At the same time, though, like, I'm not purposely trying to feed feral colonies. I'm feeding all of the colonies on the 40 acres kind of thing. Yeah, that's and what I'm going to do. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's also, though, like, there's some some great pros and cons. We've actually had this discussion I know the lady that where... chewed you out for putting honey out. Yeah, she did, because I posted that video of, of some when we were cutting the honeycomb, and then uh, I set it out in my own backyard um, and got chastised from a lady in Canada. Um, but ultimately, though, what it comes down to is I know what I'm feeding them. So I know that it's going to be it's not going to have anything in it that's contaminated. But at the same time, you're also not only are you alerting your bees to where it is, you're also potentially alerting any predator because a lot of the wasps that will eat bees like honey and other things that will eat bees might like that sweet substance. So you're alerting other things to this food source that then may decide when that food source is gone that your bees are the next best food source. Plus, when the bees are all piled on top of each other, if they do have a disease or if they do have mites, those mites can then jump from bee to bee or the disease can transfer, and then you take it back and potentially give it to all of your colonies and to the feral colonies. And to other pollinators that may be out there, you know, partaking in this as well. So it it has just as many cons as it does pros. 
So I'll just use the rapid uh, round rapid feeders on top of mine. Yeah, there you go. Feed the hives internally yep. and individually, and don't uh, don't be feeding the others. What was that noise? That was a fish slapping a bait on my phone. Oh, uh, see, it's really funny when it comes through the headphones. It does not sound like that, but yeah. So, so what you're telling me is we've got another curse splash in the middle of one of our episodes. Yeah, it was a curse splash. <laughs> Oh, the days when we were in the studio and your phone guaranteed to go off at least once. Mm-hmm. At least I had, had, had a, hadn't had a elk bugle in, in a while. I don't think I've ever heard the elk bugle. I heard a turkey call and a curse splash. Oh, you hear turkey all the time. But the elk is, uh, when the elk goes off, that's uh, I heart email. And we don't get I heart emails this early, do we, Shannon? <laughs> we don't get I heart emails this early in the morning. You also don't get them on a weekend either. Oh, no, we don't get them on weekends. Unless Shannon sends me one. <laughs> she sends you one, one of the sales you're, gals actually on the whatever, air. And she's yeah. like, shut up. I want to go home. <laughs> I, I'm looking at her in there. She says she's starting to get, yeah. I think she's hungry. Yeah. She's going to go get breakfast. <laughs> hey, that's not a bad idea, actually. Uh, uh. Uh, well, we can we can wrap this one up for sure, and uh, we will talk with y'all again next week. Um, and uh, for those of you that are current on episodes, again, just a reminder, I set it out there on the main segment, but next week's main segment episode, which will be on Monday, July 6th of 2020, will be a very special interview with Hives for Heroes. So definitely check that out. Anyhow, thank you all again. We greatly appreciate it. We love you all. And you have a great week. And we will talk with you soon. Y'all be healthy and be safe out there, family. That's right. Be good. Bye-bye. This Hive Jive production was made possible by amazing patrons like you. And we appreciate your support. To all our Hive Jive junkies out there, You truly are the bee's knees.